welcome to another Keel Hall podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we're going to be talking about the news that came from Gamescom. A new uh, pirate game enters the playing field, and we're going to find out a little bit more about what's in store with September's update. All that and more in this week's episode of Keel Hall Podcast. First up on today's docket, let's talk about the elephant in the room, which I think everyone on Twitter kind of took in different ways. I think a lot of people were kind of upset about this, and uh, we're talking about blazing sales. Now, if you haven't heard about this, I wouldn't blame you because this game cropped up uh, a little while ago. Now, this was something that had been shown off in past E3s, but this is a little bit closer to launch, and it looks like people are going to be jumping onto Steam to try this out. Uh, according to an article by IGN, they said that a lot of people have been having fun with this Battle Royale, and it looks to seem to be taking a lot of notes from Sea of Thieves. This is something that's coming out in Steam Early Access on September 9th, and if you want to try a Battle Royale in Sea of Thieves fashion, this might be your closest bet. There's no word yet that I can see uh, on how much this is going to cost if you want to get into Steam Early Access, but the big question here remains. Is this going to turn into another Atlas or another Black Wake? Is this going to be just another one of those pirate games that tries to capitalize on the success that Sea of Thieves has so hard worked for, has worked for so hard to try and gain over the last two and a half years? Now, I know a lot of you guys are going to be uh, looking at this and saying, how is this legal? Well, it's simple. It's not Sea of Thieves. It's not taking any of the actual assets from Sea of Thieves. That is considered illegal. Now, what they can do is model a game very closely to what Sea of Thieves is. You see this a lot with other games. Overwatch has Paladins. Uh, League of Legends was done off of Warcraft 3 and Dota. Dota 2 is taking notes from uh, League of Legends. Like Every game has another game out there that is very very close and in fact the design of it is is intended to try and either uh draw people in from the game that it emulates or just to try and confuse people into buying it uh this is something that happens with coke products with dr pepper this is something that happens in film all the time even music itself is hard because you can't quite copyright it because there's a finite amount of notes on a uh, on a in on a scale that you can actually use in combination so you're going to find a lot of songs that use the same chord progression but you can't copyright that same thing with um this kind of aesthetic now you can copyright code as far as i know you can protect your uh code in your assets if you're making a game those you can copyright from what i understand now bear in mind i am not a copyright lawyer so I am not the the end all be all as far as what you should should say is right or wrong. But from paying attention to a lot of other people out there who have written really nice articles about it and following Apple and Samsung for years in their litigation between what is considered patentable or copyright infringement, a lot of times this comes down to code. Uh, you can have 
10% variance on imagery and it can be considered different enough that it doesn't infringe on copyright. That's why you go around and you see ice cream trucks and they have uh, images of what look like uh, Mickey Mouse or Mario or the Ninja Turtles on the side of their car and or their van. And it's not official art, but it is really close. It's recognizably close. So a lot of people are upset about this. Um, a lot of people are like, OK, about this. It, from what I can tell, it looks like it's going to be just a purely battle royale style game. Uh, they're using a ship that is uh, very much like our brigantines that has two cannons on either side, two masts. It's got a anchor capstan, a below deck. I'm I actually kind of like where the the deck or where the staircase down below deck is located on the brig. I actually think it's kind of interesting how they chose to make it there on offset as opposed to in the middle of the ship. Um, what is more accurate is probably being in the actual middle of the ship, but that's that's neither here nor there at the moment. And it looks like you can have up to three or four people per ship. Uh, without more details, it's hard to say for certain, but I would be interested to see what a four-person brigantine would look like because that would actually offer you the ability to uh, have someone be a boarder and have other people um, be able to man both cannons and helm the, the ship. So kind of interesting. Uh, it didn't look like you could shoot yourself out of a cannon, something that is very, very um, representative of what people expect in Sea of Thieves. So I don't know how boarding is going to be, but it does look like this does take on a lot of the ideas of having ship cosmetics in the same way as Sea of Thieves, where you can change out your type of uh, cosmetics for your your liveries and your cannons, things like that. And one of the things that I noticed too was they had um, one image or part of the video that they were actually showing on this, and I'll have I'll, I'll link the article for you if you want to go over to IGN and take a look as well too. So check the show notes if you're interested in what this actually looks like. Uh, but it does look like they'll have cannon shots or or ways to lock up cannons, um, and you have to actually attack the chains on the on the actual cannons to be able to free those up to be able to use those something that's a little different from the typical cursed cannonballs that we're used to uh, with like the peace ball where it just rotates the cannons upward uh, for a certain amount of time until the effect wears off so interesting um I honestly, I could care either way about this. I've seen Atlas come through. I've seen Blackwake come through. This is just another one of those Steam games uh, that is trying to do something that Sea of Thieves won't. Uh, sea of Thieves will not be a battle royale, and it's not going to put Briggs in arena anytime soon that we know of. So if that's what you're wanting, if you're wanting a Brigantine in a battle royale in Sea of Thieves, Maybe give this a shot. Who knows? Maybe it could be worth the 10 or $15 for the Steam Early Access. Again, I won't know until uh, it comes out how much this is going to cost. Actually, you know what? I'm going to take a quick look here. I know this is always bad podcasting when I do research on the fly, but I figured for you guys, it'd be worth a shot to try to, try to see if I can find out just to give you an idea, at least for the um, US market, if I can actually find this and see just how much the the steam early access is going to cost so we're going to take a look for blazing sales and this is in there so pirate battle royale september 9th uh it does not look like there is a price currently you can add this to your wish list and i see one person on my friends list already has uh i'm pretty sure you know who you are and uh yeah it looks like this is 
pretty much one of those things where they are looking to capitalize on the success of Sea of Thieves, which if it works for them, great, awesome, especially if it captures uh, some of the things that people enjoy about Sea of Thieves and gives them something that Sea of Thieves can't currently offer. That's kind of the thing that I'm at right now is this is not the type of game that you can get in Sea of Thieves right now. But if you can get it in this game, then that'll just show that this is something that is desired by uh, uh, Sea of Thieves fans and hopefully we'll actually have some uh some some brigantines to the arena or just give us the option sooner rather than later so a couple different weapons that i've seen so far already crossbows um double pistols i would love to have double flintlock pistols uh you also get cannons uh or or chests that have um powder kegs pop out of them so you kind of get your your uh, interesting stuff from from the chests that you can get on land. Uh, they even have a bow and arrow, which is really interesting. But you typically uh, repair your ship uh, similar fashion. But the one thing that I think is really, really kind of crazy, and this is something that kind of t- reminds me of the actual um, sloops, the uh, the skeleton sloops that you can you can go out on Sea of Thieves and just check out the bottom deck. They have that grate there, and that grate doesn't do anything, but you can actually um, you can actually see like that that great could potentially actually open the interesting thing with um this is there's actually a uh there's actually a plug in the bottom of the ship that you can um pull up if you're say you're boarding an enemy ship there's a plug that you can pull up and actually sink them that way instead of having to rely on just a cannon shot um some of the other things that i'm noticing too is, is that uh while watching some people stream this that you can actually see they have forward and rear cannons, something that Sea of Thieves uh, does not offer as well, too. We have harpoons, and harpoons are great if you are looking to actually um, you know, kind of get on top of another ship and kind of pull them in so you can board them. Uh, you can actually use forward and rear cannons on the uh, ship, and uh, boy, it, is, it looks like it's pretty hectic from what i've seen it looks like this game is on par with uh, sea of thieves as far as far as the craziness goes and you're gonna have to actually you know like repair holes uh use the pump to bilge out water and just deal with borders while trying to fire on other crews it's it looks pretty hectic and i think that's the thing that i think a lot of people really love about sea of thieves so even though this is something that i think a lot of people are upset because of you know, they the feeling that they are they are kind of cribbing Sea of Thieves notes on how to make a pirate game. I'm I'm okay with this if it means that uh, more and more development gets inspired by the Sea of Thieves team and they start putting some of the things that this game offers into their own game because it's not that hard. It's well, it's not that hard in the sense that this is something that they already have the tools, assets, and stuff. Uh, in the game, it's just a matter of putting um, a focus on it so that they can actually have uh, the offering of brigantines in the arena and just see, like, you know, what would a what would a battle royale mode look like in Sea of Thieves? Would it be very different from current arena, where it seems like a lot of people are kind of going with the uh, team deathmatch modes in arena, which seem to be really popular right now, kind of taking away the emphasis on actually using the chest as a means of getting points in arena, something that I still think kind of detracts away from what the arena originally was, where we had multiple uh, maps and multiple chests, and that was a viable way of 
playing the game it took took the wing condition away from just you know locking down a ship and killing killing the people on there or sinking uh dead ships that people um you know had had given up on so I, i'm really kind of curious to see how well this does uh again something that's coming out september 9th and if you want to check it out it's available to check out some streams on uh, steam but i'll also have the article to this uh ign article in the show notes as well too and with that i'm going to take a quick break next up on today's docket let's dive into what we just found out as a result of the gamescom event that happened this last weekend now if you guys haven't been paying attention to the game industry news i wouldn't blame you there's a lot going on in the world right now but normally during this time of the year we have gamescom which is over in uh i think it's berlin germany um i could be wrong about that i'm not uh, I've never been, would love to go, be amazing. I'd love to even just go to Germany for the sake of going to Germany. But this year it was all held online and there was an opening night by Jeff Keighley that revealed a lot of information about games coming out, things that were announced. There was a ton of new stuff that got kind of talked about and a lot of reassurances with uh, some of the things that are going to be coming towards this holiday season as well as kind of a bit of an awards show uh, to which I'll shout out Cyberpunk 2077 for winning the Best at Show Award. Um, something that's typically pretty common for a lot of conventions. A lot of a lot of um, media outlets tend to rank what their best, uh, what the best game of show was uh, for these type of events because it's it's kind of a show off. Um, you know, it's a big marketing event. They want you to buy games. They want to show off their games and get you excited for them. But ultimately, the idea is to to win your money in the end. You know, they they want you to spend money, so that's kind of the the point of it. However. When we were watching this, uh, if you watched the Gamescom kind of uh, video, there was a a hint at something that we're going to be getting. And it was kind of quiet at first. You know, if you didn't pay attention, you might have missed it because it was literally a five second clip of a dog in Sea of Thieves. Now we have cats, we have monkeys, we have birds. We don't have dogs. And that's changing as of September. And I'm really excited to see this because while I personally am a big cat fan, I do appreciate uh, doggos. And I know a lot of people out there are huge dog fans as well, too. It looks like most of these are going to be medium-sized breeds. Uh, it doesn't look like we're going to have any huge, huge like canine or not canines. That's a whole, that's an actual species or whatever it's called, family. Um, genus uh the the we're not going to get any of the uh like big saint bernards or um greyhounds that's what i was going for i was trying to find the word for greyhound and that was eluding me but it also doesn't look like we're going to get any kind of chihuahuas or anything like that too so uh, uh it looks like if you're if you're a fan of uh medium-sized breeds i'm sure we'll get a labrador i'm sure we're going to get a husky uh, I think I saw a couple other breeds in there. So it, it'll be nice to have that as an option. And the the one thing that we found out about this is that, of course, they are going to be coming to the Pirate Emporium. And it's starting to become something whispered uh, in areas that we're not allowed to talk about that a lot of content seems to be getting pushed to the Pirate Emporium. And if it doesn't seem like I'm kind of belaboring the idea of, of dogs coming to Sea of Thieves, because it's for a reason it's there's not a whole lot to really talk about because we don't know a whole lot we know that they uh can be held and they can be pet and they can pee on things uh we don't know if their pee extinguishes fire the same way vomit does 
Um, but if that's the case, then that's that's great. It'll help you on on deck if anything's going wrong. Uh, we also don't know if they can fetch, and um, that's I feel like that's a pretty a pretty important thing. I would love uh, for doggos to be able to run over and fetch items for me. But again, that kind of plays into the idea that uh, pets are are intended to be cosmetic only. They're not intended to be a power uh, power incline for players who have them versus players who don't. So I can understand if they don't actually help you with anything, but they're just there as part of the atmosphere. Um, the thing that I wanted to kind of touch on is the thing that we're not allowed to talk about, but I'm going to bring up the question because I know this is something that is a good question to ask uh, the Sea of Thieves community. Now, we have been wanting to support Rare uh, since the game released. At least some of the OGs uh, that I talked to still have been wanting to, to support Rare in Sea of Thieves for a long time. We could only buy the game. They don't sell expansions. So the only money they make off of the game is purely from the Pirate Emporium or additional copies of the game. And this kind of lends itself as to why the Steam launch was so important. And I'll get a little, I'll, I'll try to remember to get into that a little bit later because uh, that is still important news. But with a lot of the cosmetics coming to the actual Pirate Emporium, a lot of people are starting to question when are cosmetics going to start coming to the actual game, something that you can actually purchase with gold. Because one of the big, um, one of the big things that I think a lot of people retort to me on the discussion of why we shouldn't have uh, uh, crates of supplies to be able to purchase as a gold dump or a gold sink is because uh, they should be in the form of cosmetics. And I kind of agree. In, in one way or another, I think that there needs to be more cosmetics that come to the game that, that people can purchase because currently a lot of the cosmetics that we get are introduced through two avenues. One is through Duke, the Dark Lord, who we should not trust and definitely needs to be taken out some way or uh, you know maybe just disappear. Could be a thing. Maybe. Anyone? Okay, I'm moving on. And the other one is the Pirate Emporium. Now, the Pirate Emporium, as you guys all know, is the real money uh, marketplace where you can trade your hard-earned currency for ancient coins or earn ancient coins from ancient skeletons that spawn on islands as you go about your day. And a lot of the cool stuff tends to come in the form of the Pirate Emporium. And a lot of recolored stuff tends to come in through Duke, which leaves uh, the question of why some of the best stuff is being offered for real money and not so much in the uh, form of currency. Now, one of the interesting things that I was thinking about while, while this uh, discussion was kind of going on dealt with the fact that uh, some of the new cosmetics that we've earned in-game have all been tied to events, uh, either the Ashen Lords event or the uh, um, Curse Sales, or not the Curse Sales. I don't know why I always keep thinking it's the Curse Sales, but the, for, the, the Flameheart event. So um, it's, it's interesting to see that the liveries that we've gotten have been either through events, through playing other games, or through the Pirate Emporium. And not very much has been introduced outside of, um, I think the last time we had a major dump of cosmetics was actually for the second year anniversary when we had the emissary system introduced. When the emissary system came in, we got costumes, we got full new livery sets for all of the original trade companies as well as the Reaper's Bones. And that was kind of the main thing. But if you didn't like the costumes, you were kind of out of luck when it came to 
options for attire. Now, if you're a fan of the trade company's aesthetic and you enjoyed the, the ship liveries, then you felt pretty served. But as far as actually themed content coming that isn't tied to playing Battletoads or uh, being locked behind uh, the Pirate Emporium, you're kind of out of luck because I can't remember anything off the top of my head. And if you if you remember something and I'm not and you're listening to this, feel free to hit me up and let me know so that I can I can correct myself in the future because that is something that I could very well just be completely forgetting about something at the moment. And I, I know that that's always a possibility. So I'm hoping that in the future, uh, some of the cool stuff that has been brought to the game is not through the Pirate Emporium and not through uh, uh, content through stream or watching streamers or playing video games uh, outside of that. As much as I appreciate those being options, I kind of like the idea of being able to earn stuff in game just by purchasing it through gold caveat right now you can go through the hunters of the deep event which i've been enjoying it's tied to hunting down megalodons and remembering the uh hungering deep event something i really loved probably my favorite event and i wanted to uh say just right now i really appreciate that in the pirate emporium there's going to be the shrouded ghost livery set but i can earn half of that right now in game by completing the event over the last or this week and, and last week uh, as we kind of go wind into the next uh, September update. So if I want that set, I can get a majority of that set already in game and I don't have to wait till September. And I really appreciate that because it gives me the chance to actually save some of the money that I would normally spend on the ancient uh, ancient coins and either put that towards dogs or just not have to spend it in general and kind of earn some of the cool stuff. But I still think that a lot of cosmetics should be pushed into the game uh, from the normal means through updates, not through uh, events, not through, through cosmetic emporiums uh, with the Pirate Emporium or through other means outside of the game. Um, a lot of people are full of gold, have lots of money to spend on stuff and have nothing to spend because they're either pretty happy with the, the cosmetics that they have or they already have everything and they're just waiting for something new to come to the game. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on this. I'd love to understand if this is a, a big thing for you. I know a few of you already state that you're pretty okay with what you've got. You're not too worried about it. Gold is just a number and you don't really factor that into your daily gameplay. So for those folks, don't worry about this. Uh, the people that I wanna hear from are the people that have everything and are looking to get something new because i'm curious to know what kind of ideas or what type of cosmetics you want instead of just that need to spend uh the gold that you have so let's get on to the rest of gamescom Next up on today's docket, let's dive into the rest of Gamescom and the information that we got thanks to Joe Neat uh, talking to IGN to give a little more clarity on what the September event is going to have in store for us. Uh, they start off talking about the success of Steam and the launch there with Sea of Thieves and how Steam has kind of become the 20 to 30% of the monthly active users, leaving the rest to the Windows 10 client for PC as well as Xbox. Now, we know that a large majority of the player base is uh, considered Xbox, and uh, the, the rest of that is split between PC and Steam. So 
I'm interested to hear uh, kind of what the the makeup for this is. Um, I would love to know because this is something that was highly asked for by the community and Rare actually gave us the ability to opt out of crossplay on the Xbox uh, system itself. Now, of course, uh, just to kind of refresh people, if you don't know, the Xbox only has to have a controller. You can't use mouse and keyboard on your Xbox and you can opt out in the settings to be able to play with just uh, other xbox controller players now that is kind of a kill zone or a kill killjoy for me because i love playing with everyone that i can and that's going to be on any platform i can so i tend to just defer to playing on whatever i happen to be playing on at the time sometimes i play on my xbox sometimes i play on my pc but if I'm going to be playing most of the time, I'm going to be playing on my PC because that was kind of where I first got introduced to it. And I'm still not quite as good on controller as with mouse and keyboard just because of years of playing with mouse and keyboard. Um, moving on, additional platforms was a topic that he addressed as something that a lot of people bug them about, uh, bug rare, I should say, about when the game is going to come to different platforms. The interesting thing about this was he didn't talk about any platform in specific. So there's no indication if this is intended to be a comment towards uh, the Nintendo Switch or PlayStation, which I highly doubt, or if this is going to be something mobile or coming to other game stores like um, I'm trying to think of another one. Epic Game Store, I guess, would be the one that that would make sense or, or good old games uh, or GOG if you if you're if you that's how you prefer to talk about it. Um it's interesting because while they didn't or while Joe didn't actually speak to any specific platform, the comment that was mentioned was is that it is important that Sea of Thieves have the Xbox Live integration so that you can have Xbox crossplay, which is something that Steam allows for. Uh, there's a, a question of whether or not that's available through mobile devices or if that's available through other um, PC platforms now. Here's the weird thing to me is I don't see Sea of Thieves ever coming to uh, Sony PlayStation. The blood between Microsoft and Sony seems to be pretty tenuous at, at or seems to be pretty thin uh, at best. Um, at most time, it's it's clear that they're just direct competitors with each other. While I would like to argue that the launch of uh, their current next gen consoles coming up or not current, their next-gen consoles coming up seems to be a different uh, marketing standpoint for both companies. One's very traditional with the better system that is cut off from the rest of the ecosystem outside of your account with Sony or the casual upgrade to better hardware and uh, opportunities to play on the ecosystem regardless of the hardware with, say, like Xbox. But seeing uh, Sea of Thieves on sony playstation is uh kind of on par with seeing gears of war or forza or halo show up on uh the the playstation those seem to be like the top pillar games for xbox at the moment uh games that are developed by companies that are owned wholly by Microsoft and are producing content just for Microsoft. Now, obviously with uh, Ori and the Blind Forest, that is a uh, was an exclusive for Xbox, uh, similar to um, Cuphead. But as we've seen, those games are now branching out to other platforms like Nintendo. Now, obviously with uh, Nintendo having Ori and the Blind Forest and Cuphead, it's clear that you can earn achievements for your Xbox Live account if you sign into the Microsoft Live uh, service. 
uh, through that system. So that is feasible through the Nintendo Switch. Now, whether or not the Switch could handle Sea of Thieves still remains a question in my mind. Uh, there are a lot of different co uh, customizations on the PC side to knock it down to the cursed setting, which really reduces the quality of the game but does make it feasible to run on a Nintendo Switch, especially if you can look at a game like Doom from 2016 running on the Switch. It still runs pretty good. Uh, not well and not amazing, but still pretty good. And they've managed to make it so that the uh, adaptive resolution allows for the locked frame cap at, I believe it's 30 frames per second for Doom. I could be wrong about that. It's been a while since I looked into it. But giving the opportunity to log into to Xbox Live on the Switch would give that opportunity or, or that platform an opportunity to have Sea of Thieves. But a lot of that comes down to a lot of legal stuff that I don't know if the reason for having it on the Switch is high enough to justify the, the, the actual effort involved to port it from uh, Xbox or from the PC version. Now, bear in mind, it is built on Unreal 4, which is something that can run on the Switch. So obviously there's tools in there to allow you to uh, adapt the code so that it can run at varying degrees of quality. So potentials there, the need or the desire is still in question. And I kind of wonder what the point of this comment is if Joe isn't going to speak directly to the, to the platforms that people are asking for this game on. Because as far as I can tell, this is something that is being serviced through the three main platforms that Microsoft can uh, access easily. Steam, which most people playing on PC use for their gaming uh, libraries. Windows 10, which is the native gaming uh, uh, platform uh, for all of Microsoft on PC because Windows 10 has all of Microsoft and blah, blah, blah. I don't have to say anything more. <laughs> and uh, the Xbox, which is obviously the main console hardware that they produce. What that means in the future, we may never see. But again, just kind of a weird comment to have Joe talk about uh, considering how things are out right now. Um, they did talk about how in Sea of Thieves, we have been going through a lot of these live events. Obviously, we're in the middle of the summer of Sea of Thieves and the Hunters of the Deep. And this is kind of a good time to kind of talk about how they are leaning more on live events. Uh, one thing I've noticed is that the events hub is still not present uh, on the main screen of Sea of Thieves. You will be able to see kind of the daily news, like the news and the new updates. And they do tend to have the daily what to do thing pushed out to that so if you log into sea of thieves and before you jump into arena or adventure you've got the pirate emporium and right below it will always show you what the daily um event is for adventure so that you can go out and kind of you know sink a skeleton ship or do three anchor turns swiftly or you know kill a megalodon turn in a, you know whatever it may be uh, i would still love to see a lot of the events hub pushed to the game uh, so that people playing on console aren't reliant, reliant on websites to be able to feed them the information for updates on how many megalodons they have, how many shark teeth they have, what things are left on their Summer of Sea of Thieves uh, list to do so they can kind of go into the game and say like, all right, well, we got to do this, we got to do that, and we got to do that, instead of having to rely on a website to tell them uh, what they've achieved and what they haven't so that uh, you can actually stay in game without having 
having to seek out external sources and take you out of the moment when you're actually playing through those things. Um, on PC, this is less of a concern. Obviously, a majority of gamers on PC tend to have at least two screens. Uh, a lot of people have a lot more but it's a little bit easier to swap between the game and a browser to be able to check the Sea of Thieves website events hub to know how their progress is for a lot of these live events. So if Sea of Thieves is going to focus on this, I would love to have some more emphasis on bringing that content and that information to the game in some form or another where it's accessible for you to be able to receive that, similar to the emissary ledgers and being able to know where you sit in the ledger and how much you have left to go while in session so that you don't have to back out of a session or have to go to an external source to find out how much gold or how much um, emissary ledger reputation you need to earn to be able to get to the different tiers that you want to hit by the end of the month. The hosts at Robots Radio get a lot of questions from people who are interested in starting their own podcasts about how they can start, how they can grow their audiences, how they can create good content, even what microphone to use and what software to use, things like that. Well, we're changing things up at Robots Roundtable to talk and share about the things that we've learned, the things that work and the things that don't. We're sharing with you our actual real world experience. How can you launch a show like the Fallout Lorecast and get as many listeners as we did early on and rocket to the top of the charts on Apple podcasts. How do you create a show in such a crowded marketplace as it is today, as opposed to 10 years ago, we're getting together every week to share our answers with you. Just look up the podcast professor, a robots roundtable with the hosts from robots radio. Hey, I'm Tom and I'm Stuart. And we're from the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. We talk about all things connected to D&D lore. And we're on the Robots Radio Network. So if you're into Dungeons & Dragons or you're into lore, then come check us out. You can find us on any podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. Roll more dice. That's the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. Welcome back, Pirates. I hope you guys are still having a good time while listening to the podcast. Uh, one thing that I did want to touch on was the last bit of information that we received from the Gamescom interviews with Joe Neat, and that deals with the Gold Hoarders. It looks to be that the Gold Hoarders will now have a new type of voyage for us to go out and adventure into with the September update. While we don't know a whole lot of information about this, uh, bandied about, it looks like we are getting puzzle vaults with gold chests, uh, piles of gold, um, trinkets inside. And it looks like we're going to be finding caches uh, of a sort in Sea of Thieves in September. We don't know a whole lot about this, and they have stated that they are going to be giving us more information as uh, September gets a little bit closer. Now, I'm, I love this. I love the fact that we're getting a different type of gold hoarder voyage, a permanent voyage type in Sea of Thieves. It's something that I really loved with the uh, Order of Souls, with the ghost uh, fleets. Um, being able to summon those on uh, any type of basis and being able to get you know the the 10 skulls from that event is great i actually really love it i think it's a great way to 
add a bit of variety than just going out and hunting the the various skeletons that are out on the seas. It's something that Sea of Thieves needs to do if they want to have that kind of longevity uh, that they're that they're searching for with the game. Because I really love doing the different events. Um, well, most of the events. There's a couple of events that I'm not too keen on uh ashen lords being the the main one because it just takes too long and i'm just not as interested in doing that fight out in the open uh when i when you know when i'm running solo if it's a big crew i don't mind as much because we can usually just run around but i'm a little bit happier just going and stealing that skull as opposed to actually um having to deal with other other people in it um i i i really hope that something happens with or with the the actual merchant alliance um as it stands it's really hard to gather uh pets or not pets um we used to call them pets but the uh the the animal crates we we used to go animal hunting all the time and they could withstand a, a decent amount of attack before dying uh however with them dying so quickly nowadays it's almost impossible to justify why you would want to have that risk of golden reputation on your ship compared to merchant crates which are now the most durable type of uh crate that you or, or merchant reputation that you can earn outside of uh just flat crates like sugar and tea and spices uh gemstones things like that the the crates the supply crates that you are not the supply crates um the cargo crates that you can get from merchants are still a ton of reputation and it's it's nice, but um, I feel like there needs to be something unique about uh, merchants that comes outside of what we currently have. I would love to see a different type of gameplay introduced via the, the Merchant Alliance and something to do with interacting with other people, something that would kind of bring a little more... Um, kind of hesitance towards sailing around um super pack a good friend of the show uh cj he he always wanted to go out and sail the seas as an actual merchant and actually sell people crates and earn merchant reputation by gathering up supplies uh cargo crates um you know things like cannonball crates or wood planks food crates and then offering those for a price to pirates that they come across uh, as a way of selling, you know, supplies. So say you're, there's two ships out in the seas and they're battling one of them is running low on uh, cannonballs and they need a restock being that that neutral party out there uh, that that ship on the horizon that's just a, 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 a you know merchants of death offering guns and, and ammunition for the highest bidder to be able to to win about about um, something like that sounds really interesting and would put you at risk because who knows what would happen in that instance you could end up sinking both of them and taking the treasure for yourself but having a ship on the horizon with unknown intentions or at least guised intentions as a merchant is a, a, an in interesting prospect to me as opposed to what we have currently which are non-emissaried ships emissaried ships reapers and then just the the fluke crazy person that goes out there and just swims up to ships and tucks on their ship for a while um, a little more on that in a little bit, but, uh, the last thing that I wanted to kind of touch on with this, uh, update is the fact that we got this update. So one of the biggest things that I've noticed, uh, since Sea of Thieves started going on the monthly cadence deals with the fact that we really have not had a whole lot of hype time 
or updates, something that was uh, big when we were playing in the first year. In the first year, we had four big events uh, before the end of the year. We had the hunting, uh, hung, Hungering Deep, we had the Curse Sales, uh, the Forsaken Shores, and the Shrouded Spoils update before we got the anniversary update. And the cool thing about those was it was a roadmap. We knew the names, but we didn't understand the context behind the names. But the fun thing about that was the speculation that was involved with it. And while I enjoy the monthly cadence of updates, because if I don't like an update, I just have to wait a month and I can, I can kind of dive into whatever comes next. It's apparent that due to the coconut fever and the overwhelming drive to have stuff going on in sea of thieves to to keep player engagement up to keep monthly active active users high uh it comes with some trade-offs um you don't have that anticipation of a quote-unquote expansion uh the way you normally would if you were playing most other game as a service uh games or games as live games so right now i'm i'm currently playing a lot of destiny 2 and there's a lot of the community that are hungering to understand more about the beyond light expansion so much so that a lot of people have been uh like kind of living on the bungee website for more information about the new subclass for stasis and the thing that i'm noticing right now is this is the first time that sea of thieves has had a major hype moment where we kind of know what's coming with the september update we're getting a new voyage type uh, we're getting um dogs in the game and we're going to be seeing how things change on the seas but outside of the anniversary update when we had heard more about the emissary system and the new reputations and the the player caps and stuff it's hard to feel like there's something worth getting excited for and that makes me think of the the actual um flameheart event now the flameheart event we got in june that was intended for the actual uh, uh may update but they pushed out that update for the sake of having all of the um having all of the the game fixes come in they were they were getting pressed for time and they wanted to make sure that they they were able to take care of some of the major bugs so when we had the the, the haunted shores uh event it was great but it felt like it kind of hit in a way that wasn't quite as um interesting i don't want to say interesting uh what am i trying to think of i i wanted i was hoping that this was going to be more of like an an epoch in time for sea of thieves where this was going to be a moment to set aside and be like this is going to be awesome you guys should get excited for that and we wouldn't know what it was really about but we had ideas and when it hit it was awesome it was a great event but the lead up to it was like eh I don't really know what to expect because I honestly don't know what, what's going to be entailed with it. Now we have an idea and we have teases um, that are coming at the end of August, uh, probably two weeks out at the minimum for when the September update is going to come out. And as a result, I'm looking forward to finding out what this gold hoarder event is going to be. And I'm really happy that they're doing this. I want more of this. I would love to have a better idea of what we're going to be getting 
for the next update, even if it's a couple months out. And I'm okay with bug fixes because uh, one of the things that I think a lot of people have been upset about lately is the current state of the the game and how the game doesn't feel like uh, there are a lot of bugs. Uh, there are a lot of bugs going on that are causing player interactions that are unexpected or weird things that say that they're fixed, but we're still running into instances of it. And unfortunately, making games is hard. And I totally understand that. But I'm totally okay with doing live events if it means that the content that we get, one, gets hyped. Two, we get little cinematic videos of those because I miss those. I really miss those. And three, that we actually have a, a well-polished event that has had time on the PTR or the uh, the insiders to be able to make sure that people really, really play around with this. And I, I still feel like we should be able to have a discussion on the insider content, um, being able to talk about it beforehand to hype up stuff for people so that people actually dive in there to go in and get that. I don't know too many people that spend a whole lot of time on insiders anymore. And a lot of the time, insider content is heavily debated on forums and usually it's it's swayed one way or the other never feels never really feels um bipartisan if that's the right term i think that's the right term i'm not going to check myself i'm just going to go with it i could be completely wrong about that but i'm gonna i'm gonna deal with that in the in the future and ask for forgiveness so i really love what the team is doing uh with the game I am happy that they are continuously putting out content i would highly recommend uh, that if you guys get a chance, go on the insiders to try and test this stuff so that you guys can help make sure that when the content does come out, that the content is in its best form. You can still spend the hour in there. You can still earn the, the insider cosmetics and the gold from that. But if you don't want to be spoiled, I also understand too, because that is something that a lot of people want to avoid. So it's, it's hard to know where people sit on this but at the end of the day i would much rather have spoilers out there and a better quality game take world of warcraft for an example the alpha has been out for a long time we're currently in the beta and the the sentiment overall is that there was a lot of people who were very happy about the expansion in the in the state that it was in in the alpha and beta the hardcores got in there took a look at what was going on, said, no, this isn't good. You shouldn't do this. You need to make sure that such and such is such and such. And the devs took it to heart. They heard our feedback from outside forums, from videos on YouTube. Other people were informed about it and started reaching out to the studio and being like, hey, we heard from so-and-so that this is like that. We don't want that. We want this. And they helped try and build the game in the state that the people are going to enjoy it the most. Now, obviously, when I say people, that is a tough thing to try and define. Who are the the people in Sea of Thieves that can ever agree on everything all the time? You know, what is what what company uh, can look at at people in general and say, yeah, everyone agrees that this needs to come to the game unless it's fishing, which everyone really wanted fishing for the longest time. But we also wanted gambling and we also want duels and we also want to be able to change our ship type and we also want to get rid of Duke. So there's lots of things that, you know, the community wants as a whole, but trying to get everyone to agree on one thing is really tough. But being able to at least talk about it openly with the rest of uh, the community, if the people want spoilers, they can get spoilers. And if they don't want spoilers, then they can uh, ask that their content creators respectfully tag those as spoilers so that people can skip them. 
We do it right now when games come out and people have conversations about games like The Last of Us 2. Uh, the Player One podcast was really, really nice. And CJ took a lot of effort to make sure that The Last of Us 2 content was saved towards the end of the show. They flagged it, they chapter marked it, and then they made sure that they let people know ahead of time when they were going to discuss it. So if you didn't want spoilers, you wouldn't have to continue listening to the rest of the episode. They got all of the other content pushed up ahead of it. And then they made one episode just purely out for the spoilers uh, discussion that they had been having over the last uh, three weeks or four weeks that they had been talking about the game. The Insiders is no different. People can adjust and people can be respectful of spoilers, but if people want the state of the game to be uh, better representative of what the community would like to see done with certain things that are being tested in Insiders, then I want that to be a discussion to be had. And if Rare wants to continue making really weird stuff and throwing it in Insiders and testing it out, fine, that's fine. But I mean, unless we have an opportunity to discuss it at a larger uh, group, are we going to know whether or not the majority of the community are going to be happy with the changes that are being presented in the insiders unless we can actually talk about it? I've been talking a lot about that, so I do apologize. I know a lot of folks are tired of hearing me uh, gab on about that kind of thing, but it's been a while. I wanted to kind of keep it fresh in my mind and fresh in your mind that I feel this way. And I'm interested here if you guys are opposed to that. If you if you want to be clean when it comes to, to new content, you don't want to have any kind of spoilers, uh, let me know if that's important to you because I respect that. And I would like to know if that change came if you'd prefer to have spoilers sectioned off because that's option. It's it's totally up to you guys. Just like with the podcast, if you guys say something about the podcast that you don't like or you do like, I like to take that into consideration because I'm doing this for me, but I'm also doing it for you too. And as much as I respect being able to have the opportunity to, to make decisions for the podcast, I also like to take your considerations into account when doing the podcast as well. And last but not least, I did want to talk about some of the things that I got to do this week on Sea of Thieves. I had an awesome opportunity to sail with a couple of people out and we had a really good time. We had some really interesting uh, events happen in the Sea of Thieves, some, some crazy happenings that you just don't really come across. So I was sailing with Captain Nev, uh, who reached out to me and said that they wanted to get together to have some voyages because they'd been wanting to get some stuff done in the game that they had trouble with uh, other crews getting in there and attacking them. And we had a pretty good time. Uh, we started out with the sloop, just he and I, and we went out to uh, Smuggler's Bay to go out and just start working on some Order of Souls. We didn't really have too much in plan. We were we were looking to just do whatever kind of came up. But a funny thing happened when we finally got to Smuggler's Bay. We went out there and uh, we had noticed that there was a sloop sailing in the general direction westward towards us. And they had parked behind a big a couple of the big rocks. And I kind of sat there and thought about it. And I was like, why would they stop they're not going to an island and they're not coming to do a direct engagement with us so i had a feeling that someone was trying to swim out to our ship to see what was going on so instead of heading out to the island we waited a little bit and i gave them some time to swim and i decided that i was going to shoot out towards their ship so uh, i lined up our ship and I'm in the general direction of the rock and i shot out and uh hit the the water didn't see anyone immediately so 
I waited a little bit uh, for my mermaid to spawn. And then when I saw that the smoke was up high enough, I took my mermaid back. And when I got back on the boat, I looked out towards where my mermaid was and saw two pillars of smoke, which to me means that there were two mermaids out there, which was definitely the information I needed to know exactly where that other mermaid was and the direction where this person on the sloop was actually swimming from. So I lined up the cannon, I shot out in the same direction uh, and ended up finding him in the water only to kill him with him being a little confused about how I managed to find him in the middle of the ocean. Well, thanks mermaid. I appreciate that. After that, I got back to the boat and I decided we were going to hang out and just kind of wait because there was now an opportunity for them to decide. Were they going to try and swim out to us again? Were they going to try and engage us or were they going to leave us alone? It was clear this person wanted to get un- onto our ship and uh, tuck on our ship, but I'm not a big fan of that. I'm probably going to want to just fight head on. And they decided to come out from behind the island and come at us. Well, I had the the opportunity to have a good moment where you're at, uh, an, at an island and you're on your ship and someone has to sail towards you, which is probably one of the most dangerous things you can do, especially if they know you're coming. Now, we had parked ourselves in a pretty good position to begin with, so we didn't have to shift too much, but we decided to uh, wait for them to come in and we started laying into them and we dropped sail and they tried to turn uh, towards or towards towards our bow so they could get uh, a broadside on us. Well, I managed to get on their ship and knock them off and I was able to uh, drop their anchor while Nev decided to sail around and try and get a good angle on the cannons. And as he was trying to get shots on the the cannon, uh, the person that had been on the sloop uh, was knocked off after I'd gotten a few swipes on him and was trying to get back on their boat. I managed to get a pretty good snipe on them and was waiting for them to come up uh, from the ladder when he threw a couple blunder bombs and knocked me off. So I ate uh, uh, some fruit and got back on top of the deck. And right as I was waiting for him to come back up, he decided to scuttle. This had been after a few shots had come in and Nev had managed to uh, get a couple shots. So their ship was close to being sunk as it was. But it just goes to show that if you have uh, the wherewithal to, to notice a ship on the horizon, always anticipate that they're either doing their own thing or they're coming after you. And if you think they're coming after you, try and understand what their engagement plan is. Are they going to try and fight you on the on ship to ship or are they going to try and sneak aboard with a keg or just try and get on your ship in general? And kind of let them out. Let them know that they that you aren't quite onto their plan, but you are paying attention. Don't engage with anything that you're doing on the island and focus on that ship. Because if you don't have a ship, then you don't have treasure. So there's no point. So it, we had a really good time. And we got a fair amount of treasure um, as we went from island to island, getting different skulls and visiting shipwrecks. And uh, we're having a general good time with kegs and blunder bombs and fire bombs and stuff. And we were going to turn in what we had uh, over at the sanctuary outpost when a galleon came in on us. And we had turned in what we could before we felt like it was time to leave, before we had an opportunity to go. And as the the galleon was sailing towards us, uh, they had just finished up the Ashen Lord event and uh, were just coming over to say hi. They had the alliance flag up, and I'm generally pretty pretty cautious about that to begin with, but they seemed like they actually just wanted to hang out. 
And while I'm always very, very paranoid about that kind of a thing, I always am kind of that community member where I want to get people together. So as they kind of shout out on the on the speaking trumpet what their intentions were, I, I you know said, hey, are you guys chill? And they're like, yeah, we're chill. And I'm like, all right, if you're sure you're chill, I don't want to have to kill anyone if I don't have to. And they're like, yeah, no, no, that's cool. So after that, uh, we joined the alliance. And I grabbed one of the skulls that we had had, one of the better ones. Um, it wasn't a villainous, but it wasn't like, you know, it was one of the hatefuls or, uh, that we had. And I hopped off the back of our ship and uh, they were sailing behind us. So I, I climbed aboard their ship and offered that as kind of like a, you know, a peace offering saying like, hey, how are you guys doing? Here's some loot. You guys want to just want to hang out? And they're like, yeah. So we decided uh, after they were kind of joining with us that we were going to go do the flame heart event but the thing was is we had some treasure we wanted to turn in before we went out to the flame heart event so they joined up with us and we headed over to dagger tooth because uh flame heart was spawned over marauder's arch and we just turned in our stuff they were super chill uh they had been playing the game for a while pretty hard when the game first came out but they had had a lapse in time and had just recently come back to the game meanwhile captain ev has been playing for a while now and uh started off with the steam client launch so we had a pretty fair mix of uh players people that had lapsed people that were new and then me the one that's been around forever so we headed out to uh, Cap the Marauder's Arch and ended up having a really, really awesome time fighting Flameheart in the fog, which is almost impossible given the way that the fog is and that the ghost ships are. It's crazy how you really just cannot see ghost ships in the fog. It's really difficult. It's almost like fighting a Meg in the fog. You just you don't know until it's too late. And uh, we did well, you know, there was there were some heightened uh, emotions on on how things were going, but we we persevered. We downed a lot of the ships and because of the alliance, we uh, gave all of the chests because we had managed to scoop up pretty much all of the treasure. Uh, we managed to give all of the chests and some crates to the galleon crew because they had been pretty, pretty uh, kind as far as like, you know, not trying to bully us or anything as far as like having a numbers game on us with the bigger ship. And they were just generally pretty good guys. So uh, we gave them all the chests as they had put up a gold hoarder emissary up. And we had taken all of the skulls because we were still on our Order of Souls emissary. We all sailed to our respective outpost and ended up turning in all of the treasure. After that, we headed back out to work on a couple more Order of Souls missions. And they followed suit, uh, kind of tailing us before deciding that they were going to hop over to Arena. Uh, I wanted to let those guys know if they happen to be listening to this, that you guys were awesome. It was a really good uh, opportunity to sail with you. And I appreciate you guys being chill. Uh, that night, it was nice to not have to fight multiple ships on the server uh, for once, whereas I've been sailing with uh, Jim friggin uh, Leahy and uh, he and I uh, managed to go out last uh, this last week. And as much as we we <laughs> we had a weird opportunity where we went and uh, tried to get on board a gold hoarder galleon over at Crooked Masts and that failed. They were pretty good at, at defending the board and ended up coming back at the end of our session after we had uh, allianced with another galleon who was working on uh, the Ashen Lord that was over at Cannon Cove. They had been working on that and they had just finished it when a brigantine who was a reaper uh, bones emissary 
had kind of sailed over and then randomly, I don't know what they were thinking. They pulled their brig into Cannon Cove to try and grab the treasure, but they parked facing the dock on the west side of the island and basically locked themselves in place. Uh, they dropped anchor. They didn't, didn't move. They couldn't get anywhere. And uh, Jim and I sailed over, uh, took a, a, a lot of shots and put into the the actual brig. Uh, I headed over and found a, a couple people with a rowboat trying to get treasure away, and I sniped them. Uh, then a couple people, one of the one of the person or one of the pirates from the brig actually jumped off with the actual uh, skull from the the Ashen Lord and was expelling it for some reason like he was using all the flames but for no good reason and he despawned when he got too close to the ship and a rock and ended up black screening and just leaving the the skull in the actual water between the boat and the island so i grabbed it meanwhile the galleon that we had uh that we had allianced with as they were working on uh the ashen lord had uh booked it done a u-turn come back and parked in uh to uh, a long parallel to the actual brigantine so the brigantine and the in the galleon are sitting there trading shots meanwhile i'm swimming with this skull after murdering some people and jim putting a whole bunch of holes into that uh, ship and disabling it uh, we grabbed the skull we jumped onto the sloop we headed over to sanctuary outpost and turned in the skull and then came back to find that they were still duking it out and we're like what is going on why haven't they sunk each other one of them is what they're still up and sure enough, uh, we we grabbed a bunch of the treasure after the brig had finally sunk, and all of the cannon crew or all of the galleon crew uh, wanted to hop onto our ship. Now, again, I am very, very cautious and paranoid about people getting on my ship. It doesn't matter who you are, unless I actually know you. I feel like you're going to try and steal something, steal my food, my planks, my cannonballs, what have you, or get below deck and try and talk or just murder me outright. So I'm always pretty paranoid about that kind of thing. But I stood in the the, the walkway for the sloop so that they couldn't walk past me unless they actually killed me or blunderbombed me, uh, at which point I would have had to kill them and Jim would have had to kill them. And we managed to convince them to actually shoot up onto Cannon Cove to do the skeleton throne. And it was kind of impressive because we had no real intention of that, but it was the only way we could think to get them off the ship. So they all shot off and followed Jim and then I followed suit. And then we ended up uh, doing the skeleton throne and getting the Summer of Sea of Thieves uh, knocked out for for the uh, sit on a skeleton throne with another crew uh, goal, which was really awesome. And we managed to um, grab some treasure on there and then we pieced out, but they managed to get back onto our ship before we got a chance to, to drop. So we're sitting there with a bunch of treasure and them on our boat and we couldn't figure out how the heck we were going to get them off the boat. And I cannot remember how we managed to do that, but at one point we did manage to actually get them off our ship. And oh, oh I remember we went over to the island because they wanted to go turn in the loot. And we're like, you know what? At this point, I don't care. We're, they can have some treasure. So they all grabbed a piece of loot and we pulled over to uh, 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 Golden Sands Outpost. They hopped off and then we pieced and we just left them. And that was about the time that the uh, the Gold Hoarder Galleon that we had kind of tried to board earlier on were coming back with a vengeance out of nowhere. Like they decided that they were going to come and pick a fight with us. So we ended up uh, or dragging or chasing, not chasing, we ended up um, baiting them around uh, Reaper's hideout for a while. And uh, we ditched them and then ended up turning in a lot of what we actually had over at uh, the Reaper's hideout. 
we ended up dropping our Reaper flag uh, after that and uh, uh, had were planning on um, sinking them. But we ended up getting them to sail between the two islands of Reaper's Bones or the Reaper hideout and they got stuck. And I shot over, I got their anchor down, but one of the guys is really good about defending and the other guy is a really good border. So Jim was putting in shots as I was trying to kill two of the uh, lesser skilled pirates on their crew and dealing with the one guy who was uh, in the Reaper pajamas, as Jim was mentioning. And after that, I died, came back, and Jim went over there and was taking uh, taking over, keeping the ship uh, locked down while I tried to keep putting holes into the ship so that they would sink. And we did manage actually sinking the galleon, but they came back fairly quickly. And as we finished uh, trying to turn in as much as we could at the Reaper's hideout, a storm was coming in from the ancient isles and we decided to drop our emissary so we couldn't be tracked and then lead through the storm and kind of bait them through it as we headed up towards Daggertooth. And they ended up sinking in the storm somehow, and we managed to turn in everything that we had, except for the flag that they had had earlier on. So we ended up having to sail back to Reaper's Hideout to turn in the Gold Hoarder flag that they had uh, left. Actually, I can't remember if it was theirs or if it was the Reaper's. I think it was the Reaper emissary that we had sunk the brig because we swiped the skull from the Ashen Lords and the flag and a couple other pieces of treasure, and we were just kind of hiding it uh, below deck while we were dealing with the Alliance Galleon who ended up sinking somehow because their ship was on fire and they never did anything about it and they just kind of left after we gave them some treasure and then they just quit the server but really really crazy uh, s sessions that we had had on the seas it was a lot of fun we had a good time and it was nice to uh, to jump onto the seas with some friends of the community and uh, some fans of the podcast and just get to to do some fun stuff you know we had some pve we had some pvp we made a night of it and that was that was kind of the experience and i've been having a lot of that lately uh, just having a good time with people not really focusing on anything in particular, but just enjoying the sandbox that is Sea of Thieves. Hey there, pirates. I just wanted to give you guys a heads up as we have two new sponsors for the podcast. The first one I'm going to tell you about this week is actually Green Man Gaming. Now, if you're not familiar with GreenManGaming.com, you should be because it's actually a great store to be able to pick up PC games for cheap. Now, I use this. This is definitely something that I appreciate. I don't know that I can actually earn anything from the affiliate link that I uh, will have to you, but if you go in the show notes, you're going to find uh, a link that will help support the podcast. There's no extra cost to you, but it does help uh, kick a little bit back towards me from the games that you purchase through Green Green Man Gaming uh, for for through the actual podcast. So I appreciate it all as always. Um, if you guys do that, I I always love that you guys are able to to help out with the podcast in ways that you can. Uh, as always, I, I stream on Twitch from time to time, and the Twitch subs do help. This is definitely a much more direct way of actually supporting me without having to lock you guys into any kind of subscription. Now, I am going to be talking about something next week that should help out that deals with NordVPN because we do actually have a sponsorship with NordVPN, including Gamefly and Loot Crate. But if you don't want to subscribe through one of those things, I always recommend going through Green Man Gaming for your PC needs because some of those sales are on par with what Steam actually offers. And a lot of the, the, the content that they have our stream keys uh for or steam keys for steam if you want to purchase through there it just helps me out 
I appreciate you guys doing so. And I look forward to hearing uh, what you guys pick up if you do pick up something and how much you're liking it. All right, Pirates, that's going to do it for this episode of Keel Hauled. I hope you enjoyed it. I, happy, I hope you had a good time. Uh, let me know what you think of the uh, the vaults of gold that we're going to be dealing with in September. Are you going to be picking up uh, some dogs within the Sea of Thieves Pirate Emporium? Uh, what kind of cosmetics are you looking for in the game? And have you had some good stories to tell in the Sea of Thieves? Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, there's plenty of ways to do that. You can always reach out at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N on Twitter. You can always join the Discord and continue the conversation with the rest of the community, find people to sail with, or talk about other games. There's plenty of other games out in the world that you can be playing if you want to break from Sea of Thieves, or if you're just looking to see if you can play some stuff that maybe is on your backlog and want to share with other people and see if anyone else is interested. Uh, there's a lot of discussions to be had. If you want to send in your story, you can always do so on Twitter, on Discord, or you can always email me at C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. That is the podcast email if you want to let me know something or have a story or feelings that you want to share. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world, so maybe you just want someone to say hi to. Feel free to do that too. Pirates, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you. I love you. And I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves. Radio.net.